no one knows or cares what he's saying in back and black. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. How about that's his first record with the band after Bon Scott died, and his first song is I'm Back. <laughs> From where? Obscurity? Did he write the lyrics? Yeah. Songwriters, Angus Young, Brian Johnson, Malcolm Young. Yeah, well, he didn't write the guitar parts. He said, I'm back in black. Yeah. I hit the sack. I've been too long. I'm glad to be back. Yes, I'm let loose from the noose. Yeah. That's kept me hanging about. That's Australian, by the way. Hanging about? That's so Australian. Like if he was from Texas, he wouldn't have said that. Uh, I've been looking at the sky because it's getting me high. Yeah. Because he's already high. Right. He's not he's not getting high looking at the sky. He's high and he's looking at the sky and he's so high he thinks looking at the sky is making him high. Forget the hearse cuz I never die. Oh yeah. Oh, you called the hearse? Uh, call it back. Cuz this this bitch ain't going nowhere. I got nine lives. Cat's eyes abusing every one of them and running wild. That's pretty baller, dude. Yeah. Because I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. Well, I'm back. Yes, I'm back. Dude, in case you're wondering, if this guy's back, he's making sure you know. He's back. Dude, he is. And then he's like, well, I'm back. Back. Well, I'm back in black. He never told us where he's coming back from, though. Like, a trip to the Galapagos Islands? Like, where did he go? Well, he does go on to say that he's in the back of a Cadillac. He's number one with a bullet. And he's power pack. <laughs> I'm a power pack? What is that? I guess that's like, I guess back in the day, like if you had a cell phone, you needed a power pack. They didn't have small batteries back when this song came out. Yes, I'm a, I'm in a bang with a gang. What? I always thought he said I'm in a band. Yes, I'm in a bang with a gang. He's gang banging. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like he's doing a gang bang, which is... Gross. They've got to catch me if they want me to hang because I'm back on the track and I'm beating the flack. Again, that's Australian (laughs) as fuck. Nobody's going to get me on another rap. So look at me now. I'm just making my play. Don't try to push your luck. Just get out of my way, baby. Just get out of my way. The lyrics are actually pretty good. It's not too bad. When you accept... But he does... You know, He really is adamant about letting you know that he's back because the rest of the lyrics... And literally, there's 30 lines of lyrics, and every line he's basically saying, look, I'm back. Yes, I'm back. Well, I'm back. Yes, I'm back. Well, I'm back. And when he says I'm back in black, is he saying I'm, I'm out of the red and in the black? I'm in the, I'm in the pot net positive? Or is he saying I'm back and I'm wearing black clothing? Oh, he's 100% wearing black clothing. Right. He's never not wearing, like, there's never a picture of this guy where he's not wearing black clothing. I think he wears a lot song. of blue jeans. Yeah, but jeans don't count. Like, jeans, you're young, so you don't understand this. But there was a time, and I'm going to say it was it was before everybody was wearing beards. Mm-hmm. It was called the 80s and before. Okay. And back in those days, what you wore if you were in a band was you wore jeans. Period. That that heavy sounding thing that sounded like somebody dropped a cannonball on your toe, that was me dropping some knowledge on this podcast. 
So you wore jeans, period. Now, did somebody go, oh, I saw that guy. What was he wearing? Oh, he was dressed in blue. No. Jeans are like the canvas. You don't you don't go, oh, what what did Monet's water lilies? What color were they? Oh, they were white. What? I didn't see any white. No, the canvas was white. Yeah, but Brian Jones's canvas is the jeans. <laughs> but what Johnson. he's wearing, whatever the fuck. I don't give a fuck what this guy's name is. Yeah. The color of what he was wearing was whatever was above the jeans. And guess what that what color was? Black, for sure. N- not any other color but black. Ever. With, with a black. What do you call those little hats that he wears? They're like the little short brim Pepe Le Pew hats. I think they're called dumb hats. They are, unfortunately. I have a friend who wears it. I don't think I've ever seen him not wear it. I've known him for years. And it's it's the hat you wear when you're bald, when you're going yeah. bald. Yeah. If you're bald and you're British or Australian, that's the cap you wear. <laughs> it's called a dumb hat. It is a cap. It is not even a hat. It's a cap. For sure. How about if you're just how about if you're just bald and then you're like, well, I guess I'm wearing a hat every time I leave the house forever. Yeah, you haven't really found a way to like make the baldness work for you. You have to wear a hat now forever. I'm telling you, my friend who I know really what like really close with this guy, I won't say who it is on the air, but I've literally never seen him not wear a hat, and I've known him for like five years. And I see him a lot. Dude, if you're bald, I mean Jason Statham made it work yeah but nobody else really i mean michael jordan michael jordan sure michael jordan's the only guy but (laughs) but but like if you see like joe rogan bald that's not a. I don't think i've ever seen him with hair what do you look like with hair he he had he looked good he looked great he's a handsome man yeah but dude that bald look is not a good look well what's he supposed to do we're giving people shit for wearing the hat and then we're saying the bald's not good what are, what are they supposed to do i'm i've always felt this way and maybe it's uh, maybe there's a, a, a bug it's a bug in my system but i can't really ever tell when hair is fake and i feel like people are like oh my god so and so is wearing a toupee it looks horrible just embrace your baldness i feel like fake hair is better than no hair and I can't ever tell when that shit's fake. Man, here's what I know. When you are yourself, and I don't care who you are, but when you're yourself, that in itself is attractive. Yeah, I agree with that. It's when you're trying to be somebody else that where you just turn into a monster. Like all those fucking ladies who get all that fucking weird plastic surgery shit they look like monsters they don't they're not attractive but when you just are you just look like who you are and what you are that just is plain that's why like ted nugent who's batshit fucking seems batshit crazy i don't know i don't listen to him i don't he's super smart the few times that i've seen him in the last 20 years where he's been interviewed where he's like super hunter super conservative yeah super whatever he is he's just unapologetically himself right and i'm just like i like this guy yeah not because of what he does or what he believes just because he's being himself and he's being true and honest i 100 i find him very likable now liberals are so you know the script for liberals because you know we have a script now oh really? uh, and if you diverge from that script bye bye you will be fucking canceled immediately if you don't toe the uh the ideological party line with the, the left but yeah we're supposed to hate him because he's, yeah, he's kind of a Trumpy guy and he likes hunting and all that shit. 
but I find him super smart, very likable. I find him funny. Uh, he's definitely, he definitely knows his role. And he plays into it, man. He's an entertainer. It's fine. And he knows his shit, dude. He knows a lot more about fucking hunting than me. He also doesn't suffer fools, dude. I like those people. You know, the Westboro Bad... I think the Westboro Baptist Church people, the God Hates Facts people, are evil fucks. They can go fuck themselves. Uh, I think they're just... I, I think they just have some really bad ideas about the world. But what I liked about the chick... I can't even remember her name. Phelps or something. What I liked about her is that she knew her shit, dude. So she would go on TV like with Sean Hannity, who's supposedly a Christian, and he'd be like condemning her for being hateful, which she is. And dude, she'd wipe his ass with the Bible. And uh, I respected that about her. Uh, yeah. I don't know anybody who memorizes the Bible to prove a point. Mm, let me see how I feel. About, hold on. Let me see how I feel about him. Hold on. Don't care. He would just be like, how can you be hateful? How can you say God hates this or that? And she'd be like, because I read the fucking Bible. Did you? Here's where it says this. You know, all that stuff's there. And people interpret shit differently. But, you know, with Ted Nugent, people are like, I don't like hunting. You shouldn't be killing animals. And he'll just wipe your ass with like how hunting done right actually like thins out populations and how it like how good it is for agriculture. And he just knows his shit about it. He's not just a big wacky right wing guy that, that the left needs him to be. He's not the clown the left needs him to be so they can sleep at night. And I like that. I, I don't understand people who are against hunting to tell you the truth, because these animals are living in the wild. They're going to get hunted by something. I mean, getting shot is probably at least is less painful as getting eaten by a goddamn wolf. Well, you got the people who are animal rights activists, so they're obviously going to be offended by the idea of hunting. And then you've got the people that are okay with eating animals, but they're they don't agree with hunting as sport. I did know some people that would go to Africa and they would hunt like tigers and leopards and like, yeah, like their po whole poachers house. and shit. They're they're not poachers. They go to they go to these safari parks. They have these giant safari parks in Africa that are that have tons of wild animals on them. And you can go hunt for you know you pay them a certain amount of money and you can hunt anything that's on there. Fucking giraffes elephants fucking tigers leopards all kinds of shit and they would go there and do it and their whole house is filled with all these trophies now they're i don't think they're eating the leopard meat i don't think they're eating the lion meat uh and i remember ask i, I can't say who who the people were but i was like don't you wish you could don't you want to like hunt the most dangerous game man and they're like <laughs> We would if we could. Oh, for real? Like they would. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, we would definitely do it if we could. But that shit's illegal. Oh, my God. Uh, Dude, can you imagine that if that was legal? You could just hunt humans and then people would do it. I can't imagine knowing somebody that would admit to it, that they wanted to. They're like, oh, yeah, I wish we could kill poor people. I will, well, I, 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 once again, I will say this about those people. They were unapologetic about what they wanted to do and who they were. And again, politically, ideologically, theologically, we were completely not on the same page, but they weren't trying to convince me to change my beliefs and they weren't wavering in theirs. And that's the shit, dude. When you're like, 
Yeah, but when uh, you when you are who you are, but you're not trying to fucking foist it on other people, that's the shit, dude. It's all these people on Twitter that are like, "Hey, man, this is what I believe," and if you don't believe it, then fuck yourself. Fuck that. I know we've kind of dug a hole here, though. I may have to even just take it out. Where I agree with everything you're saying, and I, we just can't move on without addressing the fact that these people admitted that they wanted to hunt other people. That's really, really weird and shitty, and that's tough. I can't, we can't now go on this tangent about how much integrity they have because they want to hunt people. That's really weird. Well, I don't know if she was joking because it was funny when she said Yeah, yeah. It's funny as a joke. I asked the the question to be, you know, scintillating and, you know, to see how far this would go because, I mean, I was amazed by the amount of death that these people had wrought Mm -hmm. upon the earth. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she was joking, like she saw the humor in what I was saying and decided to counter with saying she would do it. I don't know if they would actually hunt a human being, but I'm not like, she definitely didn't make it seem like she wouldn't, if that was an option, but here's the thing, dude. And Louis, Louis CK said it on his special. He's like, if you could legally murder people, everybody would murder someone. He goes, and you couldn't trust the people that wouldn't murder someone. And it's kind of true, dude. If you could murder people, you would find somebody to murder. I don't think I would. I honestly don't. I was listening to this podcast about this guy who started a cult and he was just fucking kids. And he it was the most counts of pedophilia that they've ever had in the United States against one human being. And if I could murder that guy, I would murder that guy. 100%. Yeah. If legally, I could just murder him done someone else would do it though someone someone more murderous would do it i'm just saying i would murder there's lots of people i would murder i don't know i would want him killed i would i would vote to have him killed and i would you know i'd send a venmo payment to support the person who killed him but i don't think i could do it i could do it i could only kill someone who hurt my family i could kill i could kill a pedophile no problem it's such a weird thing it's it's an interesting premise that those purge movies bring up we went and saw the new purge and it was so disturbing that we had to leave isabel wanted to leave which i thought was kind of a compliment to the film even though we didn't get to finish it but i'm gonna play the guessing game with myself because i know you don't like to play it hey bobby guess how many purge films i've seen oh how many bobby zippity dippity dammity do so all four of them no i haven't seen any of them fuck it sounds horrible people murdering each other fuck that that sounds horrible but it's an interesting idea it's a really interesting idea one night a year all crime is legal and stupid (laughs) okay sorry sorry it's not some fucking british boring ass detective sleuthing through a an eyelet trying to fucking solve some crime with a meerschaum pipe. I watch Perot every night. And the one I watch, dude, it is such a joy to watch Perot. The dude sleeps in a three piece pajama outfit. That's what he sleeps in, dude. Be still my beating heart. He's got his pajamas. Then he's got his robe. It's all matching his slippers. He's got socks. Ugh. I love him. And all he does is just like collect stamps Jesus. and like rearranges his stamps all day long. I didn't think it could get more boring. And it did somehow. Oh. He's a stamp collector, huh? With a three-piece pajama suit. Every every day he has his tisane, which is some weird Belgian tea drink. Oh, 
I love it. Man, the British, they, they dream up some weird shit. He spends all his time working on his mustache, which is amazing. Just clipping it. <laughs> uh, dude. It couldn't sound worse. And it was it was a simpler time. It was like pre, pre-social media, pre-computers. It couldn't it's, sound worse. Oh, in fact, so, I could, actually, the only way I know that I could, it could sound worse if you just keep describing it. Tell me more about it. Well, the the thing that I love about it is the guy who plays Perot is truly one of the great actors, one of the great television actors. You, there's a few of them. You have the guy that played Luke Picard. What's that guy's name? I don't know. From Star Trek. I don't know. Next Generation. Anyways. I never really watched Star Trek. You've got Tom Selleck from Magnum P.I. You've got James Garner from Rockford Files. You've got, is it Jeremy Brecht from the return of Sherlock Holmes? Also from that same time period, the early 90s. Um, House, the guy who plays House. Hugh Laurie. I mean, there are just these, you've got Alan Alda from MASH. Oh, I love Alan Alda. There's just some people that, that imbue these characters with so much humor and humanity that I will watch every single, I, I, I can't watch more than one a night, but I watch one every night and you know, all the other actors are pretty bad. They're television actors. The stories are a little ridiculous, mm-hmm. but he always solves the crime. And the the thing that's awesome is that even though he solves the crime, they confess at the end. And they don't need to confess because if they don't confess, he'd have a really hard time proving what he's saying is correct. Like once he solves the crime, they're like, you're right. I did it. Fuck you. I did it. But if they were just say, yeah, we'll prove that shit. Prove your fancy theory, Belgium man. But they never do. They always confess. And it just is one more thing that that pleases me and tickles my <laughs> and and tickles me to note. And then I like I laugh, dude. I laugh so much on those Perots. I'm laughing the entire time. And guess what? You're not doing laughing. You're not laughing watching the Purge. No, but life's you're leaving. Not, but life's not only for laughing. Yes, it is. It's only for laughing, dude. If it doesn't, here's what I've discovered lately. If it's not gonna make me laugh bye-bye <laughs> oh you're not gonna make me laugh you want to make me feel some dark weird shit bye-bye <laughs> you want to make me laugh come in you're welcome well you got to have that dark shit for the absurdity what real what there's real... plenty of dark shit dude when you I get know. older i know wait until you I get know. in your 50s dude you think you're in a dark quarter now, dude, you'll wish for this dark quarter that you're in right now when you're in your fifties. <laughs> Can't wait. You know what my version of your British detective is? My little joy, my little pleasure and of show that I laugh out loud at. Cause I think the guy in it is truly funny. Wait, wait, I thought you didn't like the guessing game, but let's play it anyways. Well, I was meant it more rhetorical. I was just about, I'm not waiting for you to actually answer. Uh, I, my ver- I never, I'm never waiting for you to answer. I take a lot of big pauses out during your guessing games. Believe me. Okay. All right. Because sometimes I sit there waiting for you to do the rhetorical thing. And then I'm like, I guess he really wants me to say something. Well, I want you to say, I don't know. Oh, 
if that's the rule of the guessing game, if if it's really just a vehicle for you to say what you're going to say anyway, and you just need me to say I don't know, I'll do that all day long. Okay, good. Because um, that's all it is. Okay. I don't. I don't actually expect you to know what I'm thinking. I just think maybe you think it would be fun for me to guess. Like you think that would be interesting. But if you just want me to immediately say I don't know, no problem. I'm a yeah, team yeah. player, baby. No, that's all I'm. That's all I'm looking no for. No problem. I don't know. Copy that. My version of your guy is his name is Guy Guy Fieri. Diners, drive-ins, and fucking dives. Everyone does. He's not cool. No, he's got a weird haircut. He bleaches his goatee. But I watch his show because the food looks good, and I think he's legitimately fucking hilarious, and it brings joy to my life. So there you go. That's my version. You have the pajama, three-piece pajama, you know, Florentine mustache detective guy who collects stamps. I have a guy who goes from town to town and asks purveyors of this restaurant to talk to us about why their favorite restaurant's food is good. And it's as simple as that. I will tell you my actual real-life interactions with Guy Fieri in The Secret Weekly. Yeah. Because I definitely can't talk about that on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. All right. What else do we have? I started reading Sapiens and it's very, very good. So good. I'm very excited about the journey I'm going on with that book. It's dense though. It's a lot to, it's a lot to process all of my, did you read it or did you listen to the, uh, the audible audible? I read it. Okay. But I, I never finished it. I got about two thirds of the way through and I, I, I stopped and I, I, I haven't, I've been doing this thing lately where I just, I'm having a hard time getting through a whole book because what ends up happening is it's like, should I read or should I play solitaire? And what happens is no matter how good the book is at some point, the solitaire starts winning. And then once the solitaire starts winning, I have a hard time going back to the book. I think that that's a problem that, well, first of all, I don't even think that many people anymore even start a book. So the fact, cause I'm having the same problem. I know my wife is too. You know, we, we're, I think we're at the core, we're readers. We grew up readers. We read in a, a lot of our kind of pre-internet blasting you all the time. And so we're still inclined to buy, I, I see books that look interesting, I buy them. I pick them up and I start reading them. But I find that I'm pulled back into this thing. I don't even think most people are in that war with themselves. I, 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 think, I think peak nihilism is apropos for where we're Dude, at. This peak nihilism... Is that seems to be the new catchphrase in the Clint Wells uh, catchphrase place? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you're gonna. I thought for sure your brain would bring back up lexicon, but it didn't. You said catchphrase place. Oh, le- dude! If I could have pulled up lexicon, <laughs> lexicon would have been, been so proud of myself. Or nomenclature would have been nice. Dude, vernacular. Anything besides, yeah. anything besides place. Vernacular or nomenclature. Anything other than catchphrase place. Dude, <laughs> I I started the sentence and I'm like, oh, my brain will hook me up with some words at the end. And I got there and there was nothing, dude. There was a table and there was nothing on the table. And I was like, hey, brain, you better put something on this fucking table right now. I'm at the end of the sentence. I can't be waiting around. And it just put the word place on the table. And I was like, really? place and i was not happy about it no well we've since ridiculed your brain for it for the last maybe minute and a half but what's interesting to me though is you do a lot of improv improvising on stage and sometimes with lyrics that run like you your brain is available for you your brain does you well 
in those moments in front of people when there's a microphone and it's being recorded. Maybe that's why. Maybe you use up so much processing power in those moments that when we're just merely talking to each other on Skype, your brain's like, I'm not waking up and exerting any energy for this stuff. Well, no, it's just, I feel like as I get older, my brain just gets kind of like lazier and lazier. Does it get harder to do that stuff on stage? Yeah. I mean, it's not harder. It just, I mean, on stage I'm working, my brain knows what's up. I'm uh, usually I, you know, I drink some uh, guarana or, or yerba mate or some caffeine. So my brain's kind of cranked up a little bit when we're doing these podcasts. I'm usually lounging. I decided not to lounge on this podcast mm-hmm. because I feel like maybe the lounge was maybe too relaxed uh. and I'm feeling like, yeah, probably I need to figure out some equilibrium between what I'm doing now, which is I'm in the kill position <laughs> or the lounge position. Like I, there needs to be an in-between. I wonder if we record these too early. I know we're both no. up. We're usually up. So that's not a problem. No. First thing in the morning is when my brain is the most best. Dude, someone asked me to be on their fucking podcast as a guest, which is fine. And then they keep like changing the schedule. It's like really annoying me. And then they want to reschedule it for Friday. And I said, well, I'll be ready to go at seven. I was like, I'm an early riser. So seven, seven to eight, nine, let's get it cranking. Let's get it on the books. And the guy was like, I also get up at seven, but my co-host, he likes to sleep in. And I'm like, I'm 37. I don't want to talk to anybody who sleeps in. I don't have any time for that. So you canceled it? I said, dude, we can't get it. Yeah. I said, we can't get it together. I got shit to do, man. I can't wait for your boy to wake up. I, I like how baller you agreed to do the podcast. And then as soon as you found out the guy didn't want to do it at 7 a.m., you were like, this was after like three schedule reschedules. Where I just Whoa. said, I said, dude, this is too hard to put together. Like we obviously, the three of us can't get it together. So I'm going to pass. Man, I just did a podcast with this lady called the Concert Queen, who's great at giving at giving podcast. And I've watched, I watched a little bit of her other podcasts. It's really professionally done. She's really good at it. I, I watched a little bit of the interview that I had with her and I hated myself on that podcast. I was like, oh, I was being such a hot dog on it but i like (laughs) i like doing the podcast with you i think for whatever reason maybe it's because you and me are friends maybe it's because you know we i just like our i like our dynamic that we have and i also like the podcast i do where i'm just me alone in a room which is also fine but something happens when i'm around people especially people i don't know where I just, I don't know, man. I get into this hot dog mode and I, I don't like, I don't like. Anyways, I watched it and I was like, ugh, don't like. It. Well, maybe the next time, watch. the next time you do one of those, remind yourself of that. And even just for fun, try something different. Try not doing that. Well, that's like saying, hey, next time you go to write something right with your left hand. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I know. Hey, next time you next time you try a food that you like, try not to like it. Yeah. If you can't if you're not up at 7 a.m. ready to do what the podcast, are you doing? Don't ask your thanks daddies to be on your podcast. If this if the sun is in the sky and you haven't been up for a while tilling the fields, GFY. Dude, if a worm starts squirming in its little gravely little soil bin, 
<laughs> and you're not up with some scissors cutting its head off when it pokes itself out of the earth. <laughs> GFY. Dude, if there's a fucking bird opening its eye in a tree looking for a grasshopper and you're not got and you don't have your eye up in that bird's fucking shit with your eye wide open waiting for it to open its eye. GFY. Dude, dude, if the sun is peeking its little fucking yellow head, it's if it's about to peek its head up out of the ocean, if it's about to come out of the ocean like a movie, and you're not there with some fucking scrambled eggs and bacon in a pan ready to fucking put it in the sun's weird hot little mouth. <laughs> With a fork. GFY. GF fucking Y. Get it together, dude. <laughs> Write in Bob and Clint at gmail.com. Leave us a review. Check out other podcasts and join us on the Patreon because you're going to get access to the Secret Weekly where we will go now to hear what I'm assuming is a disparaging story about Guy Fieri, but I may be surprised. We'll find out, and you'll find out too, as long as you join the Secret Weekly. Bye. Bye. <laughs>